We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is, this is, this is, this is. Heat, heat beat, heat beat, heat beat. With Giancarlo Navas and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today, we have our co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins. Hello. We have Hot Take Harry, Heritage Hairs of Citron. Happy and to be here. Thank you. We have Mr. Will Manso of, I don't know what, Channel 10, uh, Sun Sports. Yeah, you could say Local 10, Sun Sports, either one works fine. So, either one, either one wor- <laughs> Will Manso from either one works fine. Uh, exactly. Joining us on Sports Sky. This day, guy, on the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, media member, all-star extraordinaire, Mr. Will Matzo, uh, here on All-Star Break. I guess we're going to get right into it. Uh, they won last night at Houston. Will, you tweeted out a stat uh, today that the Heat have, what, 10 straight games of over 100 points? 14 straight. They 14 just tied straight the franchise. Right? Get your yeah, 14 straight. straight of 100 or more points. It's crazy. I mean, for this team that... I mean, come on, guys. At the beginning of the year, unless we could all admit, they were their offense, at least, was almost unwatchable. Uh, no ball movement, the ball was sticking, and they cracked maybe 95 points if lucky. And now 14 straight with 100 is pretty unbelievable. They're 17th in pace since the streak began, uh, the 17th. So they're not even playing that fast. So they're scoring those points off. To, like Their, their three-point shooting has been what's been doing this. Yeah. Well, the thing, too, is like I, you know, working with John in the Heat Studios, Crotty, who's a former player and obviously knows the league, he always tells me that, the pace has always been okay, but it's the ball movement that really matters. What are you doing? Is the ball sticking? Is there a guy at the top of the key just dribbling, and then you shoot a shot with two seconds of the shot clock in a hurry? Uh, John always tells me, like, look at the way the ball moves. Guys are getting open looks. And if you look at the threes that they're making that you were just pointing out, most of them aren't really contested threes. They're really open, good threes, and that a lot of that comes from moving the ball around. And you know what, Will? They were getting those shots before they were winning. 
it was just Winslow and Richardson shooting them. And when Wayne Ellington got healthy and Dion, I mean, Dion was always kind of banged up, but once those guys, because Goran was shooting well from, from the jump. Yeah. And once they got actual shooters getting the ball, everything changed. Yeah, and James Johnson, too. I mean, he's a guy who's already set a career high. I mean, he's had a career high in threes this year for about a month now, and he's just adding on to it. They've all gotten Tyler, obviously, uh, getting more comfortable and trying to shoot the three. But you mentioned Gorn. Gorn's been the one guy that, from the beginning, has been solid. But I think Dion's consistency on threes in the last 20 games or so, uh, you mentioned Wayne as well, there just seems to be a real rhythm with their offense now and, and finding the open guy. And it's not like before where a guy takes a three and you're, like, cringing, like, oh, man, who's going to – another three goes up. They took last night or in the game against Houston, you know, they took more threes than the Rockets or as many threes as the Rockets, excuse me, 35 threes to 40. They took, they were shooting threes at their pace yet making more threes, which is, again, it's unheard of for this team, especially the way they started the season. Since the streak started, they're shooting 40% from three, which is about what, I mean, the Warriors and the Cavs are 0.1 more than them. They're tied with Cleveland. Yeah. So. During the winning streak, they actually were the best in that 13-game stretch. No team kind of tailed off at the end. Yeah, Yeah, they kind of tailed off at the end. You know, obviously against Philly and Orlando, they struggled a bit. I think just a little fatigue hit them. But we saw, you know, against Houston in that game, final game before the All Star break, they could still shoot it. And they're still when they move the ball, they got guys that can make shots. Harrison, you've been so quiet. I'm just listening, man. I'm oh, taking man. all my... oh, I'm glad. I'm glad to meet Hot Take Harry. I didn't know you were Hot Take Harry. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. That that's me. I'm. Uh, yeah, my name speaks for myself. But uh, no, I was just good. I was just. You're not hot taking. Guest booking. You guys, it's got It's got to come naturally. You just something can't, inflammatory. Like... Yeah, no, well, I mean, I, I mean, the hot take for everybody is, and, and I, I get this all the time, and, and John and I talk about it when watching the games, like, is this going to stop? When is it going to stop? I mean, well, there's, what, 26, 27 games left. Is this the Heat team now, or is this some sort of, are we going to see a regression in these final 25, 26 games? And that's, I think, a fair question, but I think we probably all agree that this is sort of the Heat team now. I mean, if they pass the ball around, they do have guys who can make shots. It's it's also what's been so interesting about the streak is like how you're supposed to feel about it because winning is great, uh, but they're doing it without Richardson and Winslow, who are the guys that you thought would really develop this year. So, so you're basically like you're doing it on Spo system with a lot of guys who probably won't be here next year, and you're just kind of hoping that you can like take this continuity, whether it whether it uh, is a playoff run or not, and hope that. Richardson and Winslow, well, Richardson will hopefully come back this year, and Winslow can come back healthy next year and contribute. Well, Ellington is doing what you thought Josh Richardson would provide, and James Johnson is doing what you thought Winslow would provide. It's true, and it's it's hard to say because early in the year, like I when when we were previewing the season, I said best case scenario this win, this is maybe a 40-42 win team if everything falls in place. Most likely, it could be a 30-32 win team. But all that mattered, as long as those two guys you just mentioned developed, everything's okay. Yet, they haven't developed. It's Obviously, Winslow didn't develop this year because of the injury. He didn't have that chance. And Josh just has a regression as well. He wasn't shooting well when he got hurt. And now he's been hurt. Yet, they're still two games out of a playoff spot. And, and like you guys said, other guys have done a good job. But let's face it, too. The guys we've mentioned... A lot of them may not be the core of this team for the future, and I think you got to enjoy now the present, you know, the way they're playing. But big picture, you still need Josh and Justice in the equation, unless somehow they fall into some scenario in the trade deadline. I want to ask you guys something, and it's something I've been thinking about for a while, and I've tweeted about it a little bit. What James Johnson has done this season 
he's one of the best defenders in the league. I think he's I think he's still leading the league in holding opponents to under their their shooting percentages. Uh, he's defending pretty much one through five. He's ball handling. He's he's doing everything that you thought Winslow could be. And it, it begs the question: If Winslow became James Johnson, is that do you take that if you're Miami? This James Johnson, yes, this James Johnson, because I've heard James a lot Johnson, of people say yes. no. No, this no, James Johnson, yes. and guys, I, I mean, last year we saw James Johnson. I've seen James Johnson plenty. You guys have too. And when he was in Toronto, I mean, he was a guy that would play 15 minutes a game, and he never stood out to me. He stood out more as an enforcer type, you know, tough guy because he obviously doesn't take any crowd. But never this player. Like, okay, the guy you just mentioned, right? If you don't say his name, you could say, well, that's LeBron James. Now, I'm not comparing James Johnson to LeBron James, but even Goren and other people have said his skill set this season is similar to what LeBron does every season. Guard one through five, shoot the three, attack, defend, tenacious. That's LeBron. Now, James Johnson is not LeBron, but the fact that he's even playing anything like that, doing all those things... It's pretty sensational. I kind of, I kind of think of him as Draymond Light. Yeah, or LeBron Light. I mean, super light, but LeBron I mean, Light because Draymond's LeBron Light and James Johnson's LeBron Light Light. Yeah, I mean, he's I doing. Yeah, he's he's basically like James Johnson's basically played the four for Miami, but he's doing it in a point forward role. He loves bringing up the ball. He, he loves he loves passing the ball. Uh, he's shooting the threes at a much higher clip than he's ever shot. Even you know shooting thirty five percent for James Johnson is really really good. And, um, yeah, man, if, because I think most people, when Winslow came to the league, the comparisons were like, all right, if you end up with, like, I mean, they, sometimes they were a little higher. People were saying, oh, maybe Kawhi he could Leonard. be like, uh, yeah, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Well, Kawhi was but probably honest, exaggerated, yeah. But honestly, if he ends up being like a Ron Artest type, that's kind of, that would be perfectly fine, especially a guy that can guard all the positions. And that's what you're getting out of James Johnson this year. So if Winslow becomes James Johnson this year, a point forward that can run the offense, rebound the ball, uh, guard every position, and you know shoot the three. That's so. What, I mean, what else are you really looking for? If both yeah. of your answers are yes to that question, what does that make the value of James Johnson, who's twenty nine? Well, I think James Johnson's value is, is significant. They're, the two guys that just the value increased so much this year are Dion and James, and I don't know if there's a scenario. There is a scenario you could keep them both. But you're literally telling yourself that that's, the, that's what we're going and moving forward. We believe this core, the way it is now, and then with the draft pick, can take a next step and contend. And I'm not sure if they can. That's, that's the real question Pat Riley's probably asking himself. How close is this team realistically from that? Uh, if Dion Waiters is now a star-type player, then sure. Uh, but is the 20-25 game sample we've got of Dion really the answer? And, and that's, that's for Pat Riley and the Ellisburg in the front office to decide. I think the the situation with both of them is, and it, it, it helps that they're making a playoff push and they have Goran and Hassan, it's easier to tell a free agent when you have ready players, right? So we know that they're going to have cap because the Bosch money, we, we anticipate it's going to come off the books and they're going to have a little more salary. So they're going to be able to sign another guy and maybe keep a few of the ones that they have. That's more enticing when you're telling Gordon Hayward instead of coming to a lottery team with expectations to come to a team that has guys like James Johnson, like um, Hassan Goran ready. And in regards to him, like if this is what he's going to be, and I don't think this is probably a career year for him, and he'll probably take a bit of a a bit of a dive. But if you're going to get something similar to this, I think you have to value that for the next three years at something at something pricey. <laughs> 
because he's been so good. You can't find get, that anywhere. No, he's going to get money. He's going to get it whether he or else was going to get it because you mentioned he's 29, 30 years. He's still at a point where you can get a few good years out of him. And he, one thing he's done too, and all the people with the Heat tell me the same thing, is he came in in phenomenal shape and he's in the best shape of his career and he came in really focused on being this type of player because he knew he would get the opportunity. Did you Other see the places, quotes from yeah. today? Which ones? About All-Star break? How he's not going to go on vacation, he's just going to stay and work out? <laughs> That's what he does. Dude, he's a freak of nature. Like, it's funny. He's such an imposing guy. And I never thought of James Johnson being a guy who was out of shape. But then again, we're talking about elite athletes, not guys like us. I mean, these are like elite <laughs> athletes. You know, we're, we can say we're in shape, but compared to those guys, you know, it's different. Uh, but he, to me, he's a phenomenal guy. He's a great teammate, too, guys. Like, he's really likable. Like, I know he gets that tough guy persona, but he's actually a sweet dude, really funny guy. Uh, and I know the heat value. But again, at some point, this is almost – don't you guys agree that this is almost like a surprise that wasn't expected? Like I, oh, it wasn't at all uh, – How and, could and you? I, not just James, but Dion. I think you, if you – at best case, you said if one of these guys could take another step. But both of these guys have taken like three steps. You know, Dion went from a six-man type role when he got here as that was the thought process to one of your top players who can – you know, win a game against the best team in the league if needed. And James went from a six-man role guy to a key contributor in fourth quarters. And you mentioned earlier, the crazy thing is, how about when he runs the point? He's coming down court in a, in a close game with the basketball in his hands, even though Goran Dragic is on the court already. It's pretty they're running. They're running that four or five pick and roll like the Lakers used to. Like, LeBron yeah. running, it's different because that's, like, unguardable. But yeah. they're running it like how Odom and Gasol used to do it or Odom and Bynum. Yeah, it's that's- It's... It's amazing, and that's been the difference in the offensive resurgence. We just talked about earlier the 14 straight games with 100 points. They're moving the ball. They're cutting to the basket. They're finding easy baskets, too, because if you're going to score 110, 112 points a game, it can't come on contested shots. It's corner threes and shots at the rim. Exactly. That's kind of the way. It's funny. They played the Rockets game last night. That's the way the Rockets play. The Rockets only shoot layups and three-pointers, and they essentially did that yesterday. Either attack the basket or shoot an open three. Uh, and they got it down. I'm telling you what, they're playing well. This break almost comes at the bad time. Nine days is off is the last thing this <laughs> team needs with the way they're playing. Yeah. Note yeah. on James Johnson. Um, number, this is his career high in minutes at 26. Zero games started. It's the only year that you can say that for him. And he's only played over 20 minutes three times. So you might be able to get some miles off of his body because it has not been as taxing on him. That's a good, that's a good point, yeah. It's a young guy. Yeah, JJ is the guy that I would, I wouldn't mind paying if it's a short amount of years. Like if it's a two to three year deal, and you just wanted to pay him for that. Dion scares me. I, I still don't trust him. I I know, I know he's really become a pretty like decently efficient scorer over the last twenty games or so uh, since he returned from his injury, but. I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just waiting for him to go back to uh, to his ways, and I'm I'm afraid. I'm afraid that the I'm afraid for the Heat to pay him. I I'm kind of I was kind of hoping they'd move him before the deadline, but they're not going to now with the way that um, yeah I don't think the they will. The team's played around him. Yeah, and then here's the thing with Dion too, and it doesn't what you just said on one sense makes sense because a lot of people are saying that you're not you know obviously a lot of people feel the same way you do, but in another sense if you really break it down it doesn't make any sense with the thought that Dion's 25 just turned 25 was a former fourth overall pick. You knew the talent was always there, and sometimes guys take a while to click. The problem is Dion has the reputation for A being as uh, supposed as irrational confidence. He just goes nuts. He thinks he's Kevin Durant. You know, and he just starts going crazy with shots and attacking. But now that you're seeing him produce, 
you're kind of thinking maybe he's turned the corner. Is it crazy to think a 25-year-old guy has turned the corner now on an aspiring career, what you thought was an aspiring career, a former college star, more so than a James Johnson who's kind of a career journeyman who's now at around 30 developing his game? Which one makes more sense in happening? Probably Dion does. I mean, I have a I have a lot of faith in the Heat organization more than more than a lot of other teams in the league. But it's not it's not like he wasn't in good situations like playing in Cleveland with LeBron, and then playing in Oklahoma State where they really weren't asking that much of him on a team with uh, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. What happened? I thought he went to Syracuse. Yeah, he's Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. That's right. I'm making funny. You said Oklahoma State. Oh, he said Oklahoma State. Yeah, no, he meant Oklahoma City. Yeah. No, and, no, and it's even, true. I get it. So I'm just, it's, it's, you know, it's not like a guy who, I don't know, like a James Johnson who obviously was out of shape and Toronto didn't see anything. So he, he was on their bench a lot. You know, there were games he didn't play. Uh, so he's just more of a getting an opportunity to show himself he's in the best shape of his life. Whereas Dion's played, he's just like, I don't no, know. Right? Yeah, no, no, no. Go, go. go continue, continue. I just listen. Spo Spo knows what to say and what to do with these guys and how to work with them. That's that's really he's grown up in the Heat organization. Spo was the uh, was the uh, training uh, coach for a long time. He was the strength and conditioning coach for the Heat. So he knows how to work individually with well, these players. It's the just think about Spo. You know, Spo, remember Spo started in the film room, right? And and this is something that gets lost a lot with Spo is that he. Spo was a big reason why Dwayne developed a jump shot. When Dwayne got into the league, Dwayne's jump shot was definitely not a, a strength in his game. And I would watch them pregame. You know, you know how there's a guy, Eric Glass, who's a coach for the Heat, you know, one of the assistants for the Heat that helps out with guys shooting early. He's a guy that they think of highly. That was like Eric Spolstra, you know, uh, 10, 15 years ago. You'd see him on the court working with these guys. Spo has a way to find the little things in your game that make you better. And he does it individually for every player. And he did it with Dwayne, somebody who's a Hall of Famer. And I think with Dion, they have found something in keeping that irrational confidence but understanding it's a team game. And Dion has bought into it. Because, again, guys, I think the talent for Dion has always been there. There's no way a guy's the fourth overall pick, had the success he had in Syracuse, and had those little glimpses of, of, of stardom that he shows. He's just putting it together. I'm not saying give Dion a huge contract, but I will say this. If Evan Turner, Turner can get $70 million – what is Dion Waiters getting? You know, it's, yeah, but, it's, but that's like, but Evan Turner's the guy I'm scared of. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. you don't, you don't, you don't want to give him a big deal, and then he turns out to be Evan Turner because anyone who really watched Evan Turner last year it's knew a huge setback. Yeah, it would be a huge setback to your friend if Dion Waiters. If he were to sign Dion Waiters long term to a big deal, and he reverts to the old Dion Waiters or nothing like what he is now, it's a huge setback for your organization. It's but I, I will say this, the Heat value, they really believe he's turned the corner. Whether they resign him or not, that's all financial. But I think they really believe he could be a 20-point, 4 or 5 assist, 4 or 5 rebound guy, which in this day's NBA is worth, what, $25 million? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I, I will say this about Dion. Before 2017, he was 40% at the rim, which I think we can all agree was his weakest element of his game, which was finishing. Yeah. Uh, Post-2017, he's been 52%. And during the streak, he has been since January seventeenth. He's fifty five percent. So he's that number's one hundred percent, a hundred percent screaming and one at the rim too. Yeah. So <laughs> one <laughs> correct and one. And you, one. I, I know. Are you, are you there, like uh, on the floor when you hear that? Or are you in the studio? 
Well, road, game. games, road games, I'm always in the studio. Road games, your studio. But home games, home games, you always hear. You can hear from the upper deck him screaming at one. When he, great. <laughs> Jax was joking with me on Wednesday night because he knows I love it when Dion does that. And he said, Jack said that in Houston, from 15 rows back where he was, he heard the end one clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but he screams it for other guys, too. Like when Hassan goes up, he'll do it for him. Yeah, well, I, James Johnson, did, I love it because James, it's rubbing off. James Johnson had a hand one the other day, and he screamed at one. I said, oh, man, Dion's really rubbing off on this team. He, he's got everybody screaming. Yeah, I thought the whole Heat bench screamed at one last night at one point uh, during the Rockets game. Like, well, they all joke, but they, 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 trust me, there's a joke there with Dion that, you know, he does scream it often. I think everybody knows it. Carlos Boozer had it the best, though. Carlos Boozer was the king. He was a good and wonder. I forget. Yeah. I forget. He used to and one mf'er. That was his move. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. That, that, La- that loud and clear. Dion yeah. keeps it clear. Yeah. Clean, the, I should say. Clean. Yeah. The only th- the only thing I remember about Carlos Boozer is when he put shoe polish on his head. I don't I don't know anything else about uh, uh, that. About that Carl- picture will live in infamy for him forever. I, <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Like if he lost a terrible bet or what, but uh, yeah, I all the mark- it was a Lego hair. No, it was a Lego hair. I it was the story it was shoe polish. Me. Yes, somebody had recommended to him this thing, and he decided to try it. Of course, he tries it on national TV, and essentially, it was shoe polish. So, <laughs> yeah. working in TV, working in TV, I've seen all the tricks of the trade to fill in your hair, like little things that you put in for your openings and stuff. Trust me, I've seen it all. Yeah. But uh, you can't be you can't be completely bald to use it as a thing. You have to have yeah. hair. That's the should He should have used whatever, whatever LeBron used in Trainwreck. That was some good. That was some good work. Oh. <laughs> Come on, man. You had to get your jab in there. Speaking of LeBron and James Johnson, you know, the Eric Spolster brand of power forward, how it's evolved. And I I honestly, like from LeBron to Shane to Luol Dang to now James Johnson. And I think the most important move of his coaching career, which kind of defined his offense and defense, was inserting Shane Batty into the starting lineup in that Indiana series when Boss was down. Because that not only did he stay there and – I think that year he had only played 1% of his minutes at power forward. 1%. And then the rest is history. That that was their go-to. Shane at power forward. The thing with Spo, too, is that, and something like that points out to this, and I always joke that Spo is like a mad scientist. You ever see those pictures of mad scientists, like in the, in the room with chemistry, little things, and putting in liquid here, putting liquid there? Spo is that way as a coach. He literally just throws stuff in a pot and sees what sticks and then learns what works, and he doesn't make the same mistake twice. He may make mistakes at times with rotations or things, but it doesn't seem he learns from those mistakes and what combinations work. And he finds things that maybe people like us or even people in the league didn't expect would happen. Uh, and things like that, again, he makes guys evolve in a certain way and he finds their strength. And then he doesn't let them out of that. He keeps them in that area to understand how good they could be if they stay there. And guys all play off that and improve off that and then see the kind of players they could be. Shane was at his best here in Miami when he was playing power forward. So strong, yeah. And 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 again, something that wasn't expected, a role that really wasn't thought of with him given his size, and yet well, he pulled it off. That completely changed the dynamic of that entire... That that changed basketball history. Because that... I don't think that they win without doing, without doing that with the power forward position because they're able to play that defense that they're now famous for and they're able to glide around the court. They all win their second NBA finals without him. Huh? They only their second NBA Finals without him, Game Seven. It's so true. Without how many threes did he hit that Game Seven? Eight. Yeah. I already forgot how many. Yeah, I think. Well, did you I see it in the uh, in the Heat press release? That's the picture that they used today for the Shane Battier news. 
Yeah, well, that game was phenomenal. That, that game, that for hit for that alone, he'll stay in this organization forever. By the way, that decision to keep Shane was definitely in the works for a while. Shane has been a guy that they value. I think Shane has GM potential in his knowledge. Not not saying GM of the Heat, but I think he could be an NBA general manager one day. He is so bright, knows the game so well, really relates to players well. But on top of everything, he's just super intelligent. He's always loved analytics respected. and numbers and stats. Yeah, respected. He just is a perfect fit. It was a great hire by the organization to have him there. And and, and I don't know anybody who's more analytical than Shane. So working on analytics and stuff is is right at his wheelhouse. And for those who don't know, um, the Heat announced that they signed, they hired uh, Shane Battier to director of basketball development and analytics. So his duties will include the development of analytics and evaluating all talent, including college free agent and current Miami Heat players. I totally said that off the top of my head. Was not reading. Memorize. <laughs> we can we can tell you're 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 amazing. I'm so, so good. That's why I'm the host of the Heat Beat Podcast, or as Jason Leisure, <laughs> as Jason Leisure calls it, the Meet the Heat Podcast. Is that what Jason calls it? Jason calls us a lot of things that are not our names. Yeah. Whatever works. Whatever Jason says is true. He, that, it, that's listen, honestly, it's Jason's world, and we're all living in it. Lovely, sir. Yeah, I, I, he's he's uh, I, I miss him. I miss him around the Heat. I, is that hard? Like when guys get off the beat and then you don't see them for a while, that must be, that must be sad. See, the thing with me is because I, my day job is at channel 10, we cover all sports. So I run into those guys everywhere. Like a dolphin camp, like let's face it. They only send me when the dolphins are winning or when somebody's getting fired. So, like, <laughs> so those are the only times I'm at dolphins. Camp. So it's almost like an inside joke. When somebody sees me at dolphin camp, they're thinking, wow, something must be going on. What the hell are you doing here? Uh, what does it so take for I them see- to send you to sunrise? Oh my God! Well, I try to say the last thing I didn't say. That's a sometimes question. I say like, "Hey, let's go live at a Panthers game." They're like, "No, we're not giving up a photographer to go all the way to Sunrise for a Panthers game." It takes literally the playoffs or opening night. That's the. I, I went through a stretch of like five years where I didn't go to a Panthers game from a work capacity for like five years because remember that stretch they didn't make the playoffs in forever. Uh, so yeah, it was a it was a, a tough ground. I'm glad they made it last year. So hopefully they make a push. But Leiser is uh is missed in the heat beat. He's uh he he was a fun guy to be around. Anthony Chang is his uh it's his young little replacement. Oh, Anthony's great. He's a good he's guy. Friend of the show, Anthony Chang. He's, he's good. He's a good guy, and he's a good rider, and, he, and he's liked uh, in the in the locker room. Uh, he's, you know, he's very very good rider. Yeah, and, and Anthony. I'm sorry. No go. No, no. Tell me what you were gonna say. No, I was going to say that Anthony does a mailbag and we steal his questions because we're too lazy. So we basically just, and he knows the drill at this point. So we go to Anthony Chang's Twitter account and we use this mailbag <laughs> question for our sake. Do you, do you do like, do you still ask Ira and just say like ask Harry? No, just, just Chang, just Chang. No, we just, we, and we tell the audience, we're like, we're stealing, yeah. we're stealing Anthony's because uh, we forgot to tweet out. So we'll just steal his. Yeah. 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 We, we, we give credit for our theft. We're not, uh, yeah. we're that's not. Good. Yeah. That's, that's good. Honor stuff. among thieves. Yeah, we attribute. Harrison, what were you going to no, say? I was going to ask because Chang mentioned when he when the news of Battier broke earlier, he had uh, went to a quote earlier from Riley that said that he was maybe looking for one more person to join the organization before he felt comfortable about stepping away. And people were starting to think like, oh, is Battier that guy? Is Riley like starting to think about stepping out? And I was wondering what you guys thought about that. Well, I, I do know this. They, they think highly of uh... – Obviously, Shane's going to be a part of that, of that, of that next step. I also think two things. Number one is Nick Arison. Nick is, you know, Nick is obviously one of the bosses of the Heat right now, an executive. Uh, he is highly regarded by Pat Riley. Uh, if not a replacement, certainly the kind of guy that can handle personnel, that can handle those kind of decisions. Uh, and number two is, guys, Andy. there's another guy here that, Andy, 
Obviously, Andy's not going anywhere. Even if uh, you know Andy loves his job, he's great at what he does. But there's a there's another person here that we haven't mentioned. That's the obvious one. Is Eric Spolstra. I think Eric has a, a future in the front office of this organization. The day he either a wants to leave the court, or even you know as a coach, he's going to have say in things like that because Riley trusts him so much. There's no one in this organization. I mean, he trusts Andy, he trusts everybody, but he has a faith in Spo because he raised Spo from that video room to this head coaching job, seeing him as like a mini him. You see what I mean? Seeing uh, Spo as a mini him, and he still considers he calls him like a son to him the way he's raised him. Uh, so I wouldn't doubt that that's another part of the power structure. I mean, there, there's a lot of good, intelligent people to stay with the Heat the day that Riley decides it is time to go. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. How, oh, Carson, go. Yeah, I think I think basically Riley wants to feel comfortable where when he decides to retire, everyone can just basically like step up to the next level. Like the same the same way Spove preaches like next man up, that's kind of what they want from the Heat organization. So if Riley steps away as president, everyone just kind of moves up the ladder one and they feel completely comfortable in that transition. And that's that's where it's headed. So yeah, I think Spove's gonna end up being like similar to the way it is yeah. in 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 Atlanta or Detroit where they're GM and coach. I think that's probably what Budenholzer's the, the GM? Yeah, they made Budenholzer oh, really? the GM. Oh, yeah. Congratulations, Budenholzer. And then the Clippers too of Doc Rivers. <laughs> yeah, but he's but uh, oh well, yeah, Doc Rivers. Yeah, but Doc's really bad at his GM, job. So. Yeah, Doc, uh, terrible. And he's not even a good coach. Did Glenn, is there a worse coach who gets more praise? Wait, did you see Glenn Davis ripped Doc Rivers today? Ripped? I read. Why? I, I didn't read the details, but I read the headline. What happened? He just. I mean, he was basically saying that like he just got lucky with the players that he got, and it was uh, it wasn't uh, very flattering. I don't know why he's mad at him now. He a seemed bunch. to play with him for a lot of years, and to, and to join him on different teams. Didn't he play him on? Didn't he play with him in Orlando, uh, Boston, and the Clippers? No. Yeah, kind of follow around. Follow around. Is that what it is? I think he no, was. No, I, I don't think he played. I don't think he played for the Clippers, and I don't think he played for Orlando when he was at. I mean, Doc was in Orlando a long time ago. No, Glenn Davis. What? Then uh, Glenn Davis definitely joined them in the Clippers within the last few years, and I. Oh, you're right. He did. He did. Yeah. Yeah, Here's a quote. If you want to see what he said, basically he said what Doc did in 2008 was special. He also said it was he was lucky as hell. uh, The year before they were wearing trash bags in the crowd, but then the next year they win it, and now he's one of the best coaches ever. I mean, I'm just not feeling it. You know what I mean? You give credit to Kevin Garnett, you give credit to Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. Those are the guys that made whatever Doc. Needed to be done, got done. And so now it's easy for Doc to do his job. Well, that's what he said. Well, I mean, the reality is this, too. It's, He's not it's wrong. Coaching, coaching sucks in a way. Like, these coaches all know it, that it's part of the job. It's always the players, right? It's never the coach. Only in a situation like this right now, with the Eric's going through, the Spoh's going through, do you say, wow, Eric Spoh is a good coach. Yet, when he's winning championships with the big three, no one's really saying that because they're saying, well, he's got the big three. So it's, it's very tough for a coach because you almost have to be on a team that doesn't have that much talent or doesn't have that much expectations to then prove yourself as opposed to like Doc goes over there. I mean, he's got Blake Griffin, the CP3, DeAndre Jordan, you know, a nice bench, JJ Redick. I mean, it's pretty easy to coach with those kind of players. It's hard to screw that up. Uh, but it's moments that when you don't have those players where you really show what kind of coach you are. I think he's a good coach. I just think, especially in L.A., Doc the GM handcuffs Doc the coach. Hey, Harrison, I know we make fun of him. I don't think he's a great coach, but he's not a bad coach. No, no, no. I, I, just, I just think he's overrated. And I, I think Will, you kind of alluding to is, is exactly how it is. Like, coaches get way too much praise when things go well and way too much blame when things go wrong. I mean, it's usually somewhere in the middle. Spo wasn't a bad coach. Spo wasn't a bad coach because the Heat are 11 and 30. You know, the guys aren't executing the game plan that he set out. 
And now that they've done it over the last 16 games, they look like a much better team. And people are calling them, you know, Spoach of the Year. So um, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what happens for the rest of the season. Well, I know yeah. you got to go, but who are the, who, who are the front runners for Coach of the Year? Is it Spo Fizz? I don't know I mean, who else. What's oh, Fizz, Fizz, I think the, the front runner, I think, is D'Antoni because they have made a jump. They've made such a significant jump to being, what, third best record in the NBA. Yeah, but they um, were good two years ago. Like, just because they, they were they bad. Were, they were. They had a, they had a rough year last year, obviously. But I think a lot of times you look at a team, you always seem to go to the teams that are the best teams. And right now they are. But I think what Fizz has done in Memphis is phenomenal. I mean, what he's been able to do as a first-year head coach is is deserves credit. But I think Spo, and I'm going to be biased. I mean, I just to me, coach of the year isn't about leading your team to the best record. It's you know, what do you have? What have you done? And for a coach to start with this team that with the low expectations it was already to be 11 and 30, and then be in the playoff chase, the the last 20 plus games are going to be a lot to do with you know what, how we kind of view this season. But if the Heat play anywhere close to what they've been playing, they're going to be in the playoff race down to the final week of the season. And to me, Spoh deserves a lot of credit for that. I just don't see how he isn't one of the top three coaches in the league with the job he's done this season. And, you know, we saw the quote a couple of weeks ago from Ben Gunning saying that he's the best coach in the league. I think you could argue that because I think there's a lot of good coaches, obviously Greg Popovich. But I have always said I think Spoh is one of the top four or five coaches in the league. And this season certainly hasn't proven otherwise. Yeah, it's been great. Hey, Will, thank you so much for, for spending time with us. Uh, we really appreciate it, and you're no. great to our show. Thank you so much. Hey, Tuggins, I enjoyed it. Thanks. Hey, take care, man. Have a, have a good weekend. Yeah. And enjoy All-Star break. Enjoy your break. Well, I you have a nice little time. break. Two, day, two days off in a row. Is, is, is <laughs> Woo! Hey. And you have to enjoy it, man. I'm going to enjoy it. All right, guys, take it easy. Right. Take care, Thank sir. you, Will. That was Will Manso from Channel 7 and other venues like Heat. Uh, Brian, are we getting Alf on or what? Yeah, he's, he's logging on. Wait, channel, channel 10. Channel 10, man. Yeah, Channel 10. They're, is, they're he, the... is he also on Channel 7? No, no, no. Channel 7? Oh. No. That's, um, that's Shapiro. Well, you, you, you said Channel 7, so that's why yeah, I'm giving I him said Channel 7? Yes. No, I know he's Channel 10 because I make fun I know, of Channel he's... 7. And, well, we all do, but I'm just... All right, Will Manso from Channel 10. We love Will. We don't I like I just Bob. did that? Oh, my God. I feel so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, Will, if you listen back. Hashtag probably came won't. Out. Probably won't. <laughs> Hashtag not my news channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you see Did you see Trump today? Like, uh, what, yeah. what was the quote about Wait, the leaks? I don't even he know. Said, he said the leaks are real. The news is fake. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to talk about it, but I just thought that was – that made me laugh, man. That was – listen, I mean, if you can watch that press conference and not think that person is completely unhinged, that's on you, bro. Like – Sorry, Humberto. That was, that was insane. I mean, there was just uh, – the things he said, the – he said he wasn't. He said he wasn't racist, and then he wanted the black woman to get together with the uh, the black caucus and what? Oh, this has really fired you up, Harry. You're more animated. Oh, that's that's that stuff bothers me. Is it time uh, for hot take, Harry? What kind of post? What kind of poster is that in the background? You have a championship banner poster. Wait, oh, right, right behind me is the picture of Ray Allen hitting uh, the three in Game Six, and then is that the, the one, one where you yes. pick? Are you in that picture? Yes, I yeah, I framed it and put it on the wall. And then um, the one behind is a heats three championships. It's like a nice little. This is what I have in my room. This is sound euphonium. See, it's Kamiko, Reyna. It's so yeah. lame. Okay, that's uh, that's. It's signed by the. I'm not gonna say it. the character artist. Gonna... Okay, I got it. In, very, I got it in I'm Osaka. Very, I'm yeah. very happy for you. Thank you very much. I have two Brian, autographs. Where's Alf? I don't want to see what you have. I have two autographs. Yeah. I might give away on the on the heapy, future Heepy podcast. Winslow, Winslow, and who's the other one? And Dion Waiters. 
Give it to give it to Crab's Oh god, yeah, send it to Crab. Yeah, he loves that. He loves him. I also have Michael Beasley too. Oh, perfect. Cool. Uh, I don't think Wait, else on you. Did, you know what I wanted to address, guys? The um, no. the trade rumors. I, I want to talk about this because the Ibaka rumor was never going to happen with the Heat, and it just other. I'm listen. I'm sure we offered like McBob, Ellington, and some peanuts. Like I don't <laughs> salty or no salty. <laughs> I don't think we were honey, that honey interested. roasted, Brian. Come honey on, roasted. yeah, something good. Maybe some wasabi peanuts, but. Uh, no, uh, no, honey roasted, man. But I just think people know they can use the heat because we don't we don't leak. You know, we're not the Trump administration. The heat don't leak. So tweet when that the, <laughs> when uh, <laughs> you know when they're saying when they're when they're dropping names and saying the heat are connected. It's usually just them trying to up the you know the value of their players. So when they use Rudy Gay of the Kings earlier in the season, trying to up his value, saying we we're going to trade him for Goron, that was never happening. And now these Abaka rumors. I mean, Abaka's a fine player, but he's going to want twenty plus million dollars next season. Uh, he's supposedly twenty seven, but listen, these guys that come over from Africa, the Congo, tend to lie about their age. Wow. So there's nothing wrong with it. But I'm just saying, saying they're liars. I'm saying that it tends to happen where they find out later in life that they're much older than they are. What's your proof? Uh, it's happened before. Are you just hating black people again? Oh, man. Thank God you didn't do this when Will was on. But uh, no. Oh, man. I should have done it when Will was on. <laughs> he would have been like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, Will, you don't know Harrison. You know, he's part of the clan. <laughs> yeah, that would have, that would have been very uncomfortable. And that would have been uh, so funny. No, it wouldn't because then he would have been weird about coming on again. And then no one yeah. knows if you're telling the truth or not. So I mean, we are telling the truth. We're not telling the truth at all. I don't even understand Will like. Man, when Will was on, we were such a basketball show. We broke things down. We gave it was, but yeah, but that's what you got to you got to go with what the guest wants. That's what he he wanted to talk about basketball and talk about it quickly and uh, so, so sports. You know, it was good stuff though. I mean, I think that that's as good as of he talk as you'll get in South Florida. That's fine. I mean, sometimes I mean it's not necessarily our show all the time, but. It's nice to like, yo, we can talk basketball. We're a basketball pod. Plus, our team's doing well, so we can talk about basketball because we've won 14 out of 16. So, you know, we can we can kind of figure out, you know, and we throw in some some stuff in between. But I, uh, oh, Alf. Oh, God. Hey. See, now, now we got on? the funny stuff going on. This is the second half of the show. We wore different yeah. hats. I'm wearing a heat beat shirt. Ooh. Nice yeah, place. I see. Will, Will is very sportsy. Oh, was he? It was, he was good, good. But, he was good. Good. but good. I, yeah, I maintain that you're not going to get better heat talk anywhere on South Florida radio. He's That's a very true. he's a polished professional, unlike us. We were talking. Harry and I were talking over each other, and it was just a. Yeah, I had a terrible show. We made an and one joke. I think a Dion and one joke, or like yeah. the old shorts. Of course, a Dion and one joke. I mean, I don't know. The hell do you think we are, man? No, the and one so basketball go- league shorts. Huh? What's going on? What are we doing? Uh, we're, well, Harry denies that he's a racist. Uh, he he's glad that we didn't bring it up during Will was on, and it's just because I forgot. I would have brought it up. See, <laughs> I should have got here sooner. I really no, we, guys, we can't do that with actual people who. Yes, like, we can. Yeah, we can. <laughs> That's what no. makes it funny. No, you didn't we, do it, didn't we do it with Amber? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't on that show. I mean, maybe you talked about me, but I wasn't on that did. podcast. 
Erickson looked a better. Yeah. You guys have a crush on me. You talk about me a lot even when I'm not here. You dedicated an entire podcast to my shirt. That was a great shirt. And by great, I mean awful. It was great. I was going to say, say it was a good podcast. It was a good podcast. It was a, it was a great, it was great show fodder. It wasn't a great shirt. It was a terrible shirt. Uh, no, the shirt has I'd like to, closet since. I'd like to do another show about that shirt. That was just... <laughs> you still have the shirt? Did you ever donate it to Goodwill? And I'm, I mean, I'm going to donate it. I just haven't, like, gotten Next time we hang out, can you please wear it? No. If you, if, you want, if you want me to, I will. I don't really... Please! <laughs> we should we should give that shirt away as a giveaway, <laughs> and have Harris and have Harrison sign it. Oh, a game worn Harrison shirt. I would do that. Oh, we can. I mean, we we can have Squanch draft up a letter of authenticity. He's a lawyer. That'd be yeah. Amazing. Would we? Uh, would we? Um, I don't know. Would people really want my shirt? I guess it's a joke, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, we have to take. A, we have to have like a photo that goes with it, with the picture of you, Tyler Johnson, and Justice. We'll just read the election and we'll give it to somebody who'll appreciate it. I don't oh, mind if you no, guys no, want what you to do. You, you give away the, you give away the shirt and you also print out that picture on glossy paper. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> and have and have Harrison be the only signature on it. You oh, guys, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> you got Justice and TJ, and the only autograph you have is Harrison Citron. Do you remember the beginning of the season when Chang was? I think it was something going around Twitter that people wanted Chang. To get uh, a picture of Tyler Johnson dunking on me signed. Do you remember that? That was funny. I do not. Did I just kill him? And the show comes to a screeching halt. Do you want to talk about James Johnson? No, we already did. Let's talk about are we doing anything this trade deadline? Because I want to make some moves and I feel like we're not going to do anything. I think they're not going to do anything. Did you see what uh, Danny Ainge said today? To shut the bleep up? No, they're looking. Said, they're looking for Hassan Whiteside. Basically, they're looking for rim protection. Like he's a hoarder, man. He's a hoarder. Can you, so that ter- so they're looking for rim protection, and they wouldn't trade Terry Rozier for Ibaka. Why? That Yo, this is this is Danny Ainge, man. Danny Ainge, he lets. Yeah, it is. He lets the trade deadline go by, and then he's like, "Man, we had some good offers, but That's they weren't good Riley enough." Leaking that information to make him look bad. I'm convinced. No, that was a that was a quote from Dan. Oh, the Terry Rozier. I mean, I don't hey. know. Dude, there's no way that you could be that stupid. This is no way. But he is. He's a hoarder. He's a hoarder with like he's assets. Twitter come to life. Like Kochi come to life. <laughs> if Kochi and Dutch ran a team, they'd be a, a cross between the Sixers and the Celtics. They wouldn't be the Celtics because their team would be awful, but they would have all these draft picks that at the end. And then here's the here's the thing: they finally have draft picks that people want, because in the, in the, in the past yeah. they've had these draft picks during terrible drafts and nobody wanted them. Now they have draft picks that people want, and they won't they won't budge, you know. And Terry Rozier is is <laughs> is the make or break part of a trade. Like I don't even know. Has he? Ever, I never. I went to a Boston Celtics Heat game, and I don't think I saw watch. I don't think Terry Rozier played. Is he? And white? if he did, Maybe that explains it. If he did, I didn't no. even remember him. Is oh, he the one that wears the really tight shorts? That's they have Marcus. a rookie. They have a rookie that wears really tight shorts, uncomfortably tight. But that was Marcus Smart. No, no, he does too. But there's another guy. It might be Rozier. I thought you meant it was Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, that guy wears some uncomfortably yeah, tight I, shorts. I was gonna say I thought Rose, I thought uh, Terry Rozier was a second year player, but I don't, it's just it's a weird mentality to have all of these assets, which you basically you acquire assets so you can make a big move. Like that's the point, 
And no, man, Danny Ainge is going to keep drafting and cutting guys. That's just going to be the Celtics until he decides to leave. Here's a, tweet from, here's a tweet from Network. He says, very excited for season three of deals Danny Ainge almost did, written and leaked to the media by Danny Ainge. Yeah, that's, that's a funny. Good tweet. I mean, he was a, he did the uh, the 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 Kevin Garnett and the Ray Allen deals, and like he's been eating off of that for like a decade, man. Like he's not. I mean, they put together a nice no, little they, team they, there, they but rebuilt, I don't. They rebuilt fine. But I don't think like it's almost like some of the things they've done. It's almost by accident. Like nobody knew Isaiah Thomas was going to be this good. Like they did this. I don't feel like what they put. I together disagree with was, you. He yeah. was no. I mean, he he was. I didn't know he was going to be this good, but I knew he was going to be something of a twenty-plus point scorer. I didn't. I didn't know how good of a shooter he'd be, but if you were paying attention to him in Sacramento. Like that guy was putting up numbers, like really, like what he's doing, not what he's doing now, but like twenty-five a night kind of so, numbers when they let him start. Yeah, Ainge made two good trades, and then he sat on his hands for, you know, the one, the ones who botched that was Phoenix, because Phoenix, yeah. because he was so good in Sacramento, Phoenix snatched him, and then they were that was just a bad. They were just sitting on Bledsoe, Gorin, and Isaiah Thomas, and yeah, Phoenix- honestly. They got left with nothing. Like the one that they uh, they made the right move by letting Isaiah go because I think we all thought Bledsoe would be better than he is. Um, but what's wrong? I mean, what's wrong with Bledsoe? Is he just no, injury no, prone? No, no, I mean, he's good. He's been healthy this year. He's fine, but but the knee injuries don't. I mean, every time you get hurt like that, it saps your ability to be as explosive as you are. Like, look at guys who have all these bad injuries. It's really hard to recover from from things like that. I mean, Bledsoe's 21 a game on almost 50% shooting. Oh, no, yeah, not really. 40, 44% shooting. Um, he that's, not almost, that's not almost 50. No, I, I was reading effective field goal percentage. <laughs> yeah, it's My not, bad. That's almost 50. Effective field goal percentage almost a 50 might be. So does, uh, Hassan, does, Hassan, does Hassan survive the trade deadline? Yes. I don't think they move anybody. If, you think if they're buyers? Was, if there was one person you no, would I, I, don't, I don't think. Alf, let's think of it this way. What are they going to buy? I have no idea. What are they yeah, going to sell? I, I, They're I, selling for what? This well, selling late, late first round picks. Like, what the hell are they going to? What uh, honestly? What the hell is a team really going? A team that would need James Johnson is a contender. What kind of pick is a contender going to give you? The market's weird right now, man. There's, it's just not. You look. There's a couple moves that make sense. Like, um, I know Portland. Uh, I think Portland has they a pick. Traded, they just traded for a center. Why would they want Hassan now? After why would That's they true. pursue Hassan after they just traded or- their starting center for another one? The Orlando thing is done, right? Uh, well, not Den- everyone's going to call Orlando. Denver just made a uh, Denver made a move. So really, Toronto like, made I mean, a move, but- and Toronto's looking for a shooter. And I think maybe Dion might fit that role. What the hell is Toronto going to give them? Yeah, but what they, have, they have another first round pick from from the Clippers. Alf, the point I was making earlier in the show is if you make the playoffs, like, I don't know if these free agents like Gordon Hayward and Blake Griffin want to go to a bad team. If you at least make the playoffs and you have some pieces that are attractive and plus Winslow and Richardson and a mid first round pick, that's attractive to a free agent, not a lottery team that everyone's probably going to leave. The biggest thing about the streak, and if you notice it through throughout NBA Twitter with NBA writers, well, you know, we you talked about Dion, you talked about about Goron, 
Reggie Miller, for some reason, credited Hassan Whiteside with the streak. thing I read. Because he, he's an analyst who obviously just doesn't watch basketball. Um, but the shining star of the streak ended up being Eric Spolstra. Like, you saw Zach Lowe write about it, uh, HP Basketball, Matt Moore, whatever his name is. Um, a lot of people were really were, were coming along to, oh, wow, Spo is a top three coach in this league. He is the star of that streak. And if we if the Heat go into the summer as a player for a free agent, I think the biggest pitch they're going to make is look at the future of this franchise under Eric Spolstra. Right. Do look at the way this team is going. Um, analytics development. They just brought in Shane Batty. Look how we take care of our stars when everything is all said and done. Hint, hint, Dwayne, why did you leave? Um, but if you that's what I think when you look at it, the organization is a star of the streak. What what the the front office, what they've put in place, the coaching staff, the development of their players. They, re- I mean, they came out look- smelling like roses out of this I'll, thing. I think what helps them also is what a disaster Chicago's been because you have such a stark contrast of such, yeah. like, I think I think the thing that stands out most is Dwayne yelling at everyone in the locker room and not getting support. When if he did that here, it's not only respected, it's law. Yeah, he he ran. He, I mean, he he had his run of the not. He didn't have his run of the organization, but they respected what he's done. Here. His his voice was one of authority of a player that was respected because of everything that he has done for the franchise. Now he's in Chicago and he's speaking, and that place is such a mess that it's anarchy and nobody and respects anybody because he hasn't and done Chicago, anything in Chicago. What has he Chicago, there? But Chicago, Chicago's known for as an organization for disrespecting their stars, yeah. going back to Jordan. Um, so that's so that's what that's what I'm saying. Like it's the the Heat organization is looking really good this year. They look like they made they made the right move with Dwayne. Um, it's looking like as much as a stink that Bosch was making that he's not going to play basketball again. Like so, when everybody was like, "Oh, look, the the Heat are looking bad because of the whole Bosch and Wade thing." Um, when all said and done and Bosch never plays another game and Dwayne Wade ends up trying to come back here in his last year to retire as a Miami Heat player, the Heat are going to come out on top of all this. Alf, how amazing is that, that they turned that around in less than six months? It's Bo, man. Like, you remember <laughs> how ba- how the vile around the PR around this was that the Heat are mailing us seeds for trees to for oh. us to renew season tickets? <laughs> Like that was bad, dude. Like that's what was going on with. Like they were in a PR crisis mode. Their stock had plummeted. Everybody was. Nobody trashes the Heat organization. Not the organization. They will trash LeBron and stuff, but the organization. Now the organization was getting trashed everywhere, and yep. now it this, it vanished. It's with gone. Thirteen it, games, guys. It's I'm telling you, it's Spo. I man, know, like, but out. That's how like. That's how crazy it is. That's how crazy good he is. That all yeah. that went away. And, and then took, that's yeah. and this is why and like and I'm telling you, and I, I like everyone says there's no chance Blake leaves. But okay. if Blake and Harrison, I, I you weren't on the I don't think you were on the podcast when I had this take. If if the if Blake looks around the Western Conference and sees again that they're third or fourth fiddle to the Warriors, uh, the Spurs, and now the Rockets look better this year. If he just sees himself not being able to get out of that mess, like, does he make a move? Like, I feel like he could. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I know that I know why the new CBA limits like it assumes that guys will stay with their former teams, but at the same time, like. Yeah, man, how many years are you going to stay on the Clippers? You're with Doc Rivers, who you missed it out for. We trashed him earlier. So did, so did Glenn Davis. And why wouldn't you make a move that that's that could be good for your career? You Not only are you going to a franchise that you know you'll that will get the best out of you, but you'll get out of the Western Conference. The only guy you got to deal with in the East is LeBron, as opposed to other, you know, there's a lot of, well, I don't know. There's it, The West is top-heavy. And yeah, you don't take a chance. I, I don't think Griffin's guaranteed to stay in, at the Clippers, and a lot of it's going to so. depend on what Chris. A lot of it depends on what Chris Paul does. I don't think so at all because I, I I think it matters the way these playoffs play out. I mean, if because the, they to me they've peaked, right? Uh, bringing in a Carmelo Anthony over there, which I know has been discussed, like I don't know how much better that makes that team. I think that team is peaked. I think that roster is peaked. Those three guys. Um, DeAndre, Chris Paul, Blake. I think that whole thing is just, I mean, I think it's had its time. It's had its, had its run. And it, if you look at the way this team is playing, you put Blake Griffin in the Heat's lineup right now? I mean, how much better is this team? You have and to change I'm, things. Oh, hold on. You have it's to change a, some things, of course. It's not yeah. as easy as plug in because you'd be removing Babbitt and James Johnson and you need to replace the shooting. No, no, you'd be removing Babbitt, which is fine. Okay, <laughs> like we don't act like we're losing. I and know Babbitt. I know speak. Babbitt uh, provides spacing, but there's a reason Babbitt is always open. So, yeah, because nobody's afraid of Babbitt. I think the the thing Miami has is they're respected, and as you wrote uh, a long time ago, it's it's those damn white beaches, that damn ocean breeze. As you wrote last year, like they have the advantage of the city and the organization and the cachet of, of now a very good head coach that they'll probably be able to get in the room with most players. They, I mean, they've always been able to get in the room. And, they t- and, and one of the things that came out last year was when they sat down with Kevin Durant, the star of that meeting was Eric Spolstra. I mean, we keep going back to it, you know, and I think, I think this year more than ever, and I, and, and I wrote in my preseason thing with Leif, which I was wrong about everything in that, by the way. <laughs> Um, <laughs> my O'Carl White take was super hot. Um, but one of the things that I did write was that Spo was going to be the star of this season. And it's, and, it's, and it's kind of bearing out that, you know, he's finally getting some of the respect that he's been due for a long time. Wow, I've gotten super sportsy. We are very sports This has been a very sportsy pod. But it's, it's fine. Off, it it's, dawned on us. It just like dawned on us at the same time. Like it was just silence. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm about to pull up your take article to seriously analyze your takes. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, mean, it's yeah. a turning point of the season. You know, all-star breaks. or got half a season to evaluate the team. I think it's fun. I did I, I did call the streak. I did call this run. Yeah, you did, you Alf, nailed Alf, it, man. Yo, you... Alf, you nailed the streak. That was like I don't, I'm sure. I'm sure. The, I'm sure the games we lost weren't the ones that you assumed we would lose. But yeah. <laughs> no. But after the Houston game, I said we're going to win 13 out of 15, and that uh, and the losses I assumed were going. No, it was before the Houston game because Lake put out the schedule, and I thought the two losses were going to be Houston and Golden State. Lo and behold, it ended up being the Nets and the Sixers, which. <laughs> Like when you really think about it, holy crap! Yeah, dude, Sixers, Sixers and the Magic. Yeah, 
how crazy was last night? Did anyone feel at any time that the Heat didn't have complete control of that game? Yes, when they cut it to six. I, I was never worried. Like, I was just, like, never worried. I, didn't I lost upset. that feeling after game three of the 2011 NBA Finals. You're numb. I don't trust I've any lead. I don't trust so any lead. Numb. <laughs> um, Houston was just out good teaming them. Like, Houston was a better team, and they were, like, good teaming them, which is going to happen. I'm surprised that hasn't happened more often to them, especially with the Warriors. Like, you know, and we saw it with the big three heat and with, you know, even last year with a good team. Like, when you're down to a bad team or an okay team, you're like, wait a second. We're better than you. And then you, like, out good team them, which is what – because Miami wasn't making – Totally egregious mistakes. It wasn't that bad. No, the, the Heat are just the Heat just have so many annoying hustle guys. Like that sequence where Tyler Johnson had like three offensive rebounds in the same, you know, in the same sequence. That was nuts. And it's just and you're watching the Rockets players just like like I said, I, I like I said last pod. There's like certain unspoken rules in basketball where guys are like, okay, listen, let's let's just chill out. The ball's bouncing. I'm gonna grab it. Magruder and TJ care not for that rule. Like, they're going kamikaze after every loose ball. And sometimes, like, I mean, the Rockets just expect to beat the, beat the Heat, and it just starts getting annoying after a while. Like, I couldn't imagine being a fan of another team playing this Miami Heat team. Like, I would hate Rodney Magruder with the passion of a thousand sons. I want to read to you um, from Thanks. Alf's Hot Take training camp preview. This is what he wrote about Okara White. This guy doesn't even have a picture on NBA.com. So I'm just going to take this opportunity to warn Dion to leave that trouble in Cleveland, son. Don't come around here with no mess. <laughs> that's hardcore basketball analysis. I mean, that's, that's, that's what you get here. Yep. He did leave it in Cleveland. He did. I, I, listen, I warned him and he, he took heed. Do you want to know what you said about Rodney Magruder? Sure. <laughs> I was told I could wait, find wait. out. Rem- <laughs> Reminder: This is the starting small forward for the Miami <laughs> Heat from the for the thirteen game win streak Miami Heat. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was told I could find out more of this person by checking out the D League website. I'm not doing that. I saw him play in summer league. He's okay, but the Heat have more guards than a Bill Parcells dreams. His future is in Sioux Falls. So wrong. I was so I wrong. Was so- I was, oh, read the Derek Williams one. Holy crap. I was going to read the James Johnson one, but okay. Yeah. The James Johnson one is it was, is, is not nearly as bad as the Derek Williams Well, the Williams Lace James Johnson one was pretty bad. You're going to read yeah. Lace, Lace James Johnson's kind of bad. Derek Williams, my pick for this season's breakout player. <laughs> That's the first sentence. I see Williams at the starting power forward position and flourishing on offense with Goran's help, providing to be a capable defender along Winslow and Whiteside. Should he prove to be even a passable three-point threat? Big things are in store for the former first-round draft pick. That being said, I can easily see my prediction for James Johnson and Derek Williams flip-flop. No way both of them flourish so because you see the big three pennants. Exactly. So I was kind of right. I, my my, my whole take, my whole right. take no, right, was yeah. that J- you could not ha- James Johnson and Derek Williams couldn't both be good for the same team in the same year. It's impossible. The rules of the big three pennants would not allow for anything like that. Let me tell you, the best part about this article is you making jokes and Leif with super serious <laughs> analysis. Leif really attacked that. Uh, like after after <laughs> like. 
The Okara White lays like a developmental project that will end up in Sioux Falls. He's a wing player with length that needs time in the gym. If I had to choose a player, you're most likely to never hear about again. It would be Okara. Oh God, Leif. God, we're oh, it was there's some bad. There's, oh, and we both predicted Goron wasn't going to last through the trade deadline. He's almost making I, it. I would I would be shocked if he's traded. You called Benno but, a walking insurance policy. Oh Jesus! Well, to be, to be fair to like to be fair to Alf. To be fair to Alf, I also thought Derek Williams was going to be like good this year. I remember saying it on the first pod that I thought he'd like make a decent impact. So you know we were just shooting and miss sometimes. But Gianni, you should still shoot if you know what I'm talking about. Shoot, so shot 2017. Yeah, um, but truthfully, like. I think it just shows you how surprising the season is, is and how we got it. We have to stop doubting the heat, man. Like, Spo knows what he's doing. We've turned a lot of these D-League guys into into actual role players that really make a difference on the court every night. And, like, just let it be. That's why that's why Tank's season is so stupid because you have no idea what's going to happen in the draft. You have no idea what's going to happen in free agency. But you know that the Heat are going to try to put out a good product and we don't have – we won't have Bosch's money on the books next year or other hindrances. Would you trade TJ for a mid to late first round pick? Who? TJ. And next year's I draft. Trade TJ, I would trade TJ next year. I, I think. Uh, no, I'm saying this year for, for this draft, mid to late first. I mean, is a draft I, that I, deep I, I probably 10? would. It's, it's good. You'll, you'll, get I, something, I mean, you'll get something decent. I think I would just because he worries me about what, he, like, he's a small guy. And he throws his body all over the place with reckless abandon. And I think he's going to get hurt, but I, I like his game. His game is great. And I, I know you don't like his game, but you're weirdly biased. No, I, I think he's good. I like his game. I think he's probably the guy you're most likely to fetch a first-round pick for. But not uh, most likely. I mean, of the uh, – okay. You could, no, no, no. You can get most, a first most, pick most likely outside of Hassan and Goran to get a first. You still need his consent. Yeah. Oh, you do? I think so. Yeah, you can't. Oh, my God. This guy is ruining everything. You need it until July. When will he stop? Just relax, man. You sound ridiculous. No, he's just so annoying. He's been bad. I think if you see a move, it's going to be... It's going to be on the... It's going to be... Trade him to Brooklyn. He wanted to go there. Well, I think whatever move you see, it's it will be it will rely heavily on getting rid of getting rid of uh, McBob. Like if you see a move that doesn't make dude, sense, McBob, he's gonna be here forever. McBob, no, stop, dude, it, dude stop. no. Like, did you not hear Zaire, my theory? Zaire is gonna be on the Heat, and McBob is still gonna be <laughs> nursing a, a hamstring, in a suit, just a bruised his quad. Like, wh- I cannot believe that guy is. We have one more year of him guaranteed, right? It's a joke. Yeah. It's a joke at this point. That's the worst it's player. Option. It's a it's a player. It's a player. Seven option. million opt into it. Oh, he's gonna keep stealing that damn money. Do you do you think that Riley's gonna like mobster threaten him? If he if he does not opt in, there's some Godfather deal on the table for him. Like they, there's absolutely no way he doesn't opt in to steal Men that last year. In suits with guns with silencers are gonna show up at his house. It's just gonna be UD and Keith Askins. 